Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Thursday morning, everybody. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you on this Thursday morning. Very special day for a number of different reasons. Number one, it is the day that the Lord has made. Number two, that he made a day where our dear brother and sister, Michael and Carmen, were married three years ago. Today is their anniversary, and we want to shout out happy anniversary to Michael and Carmen And we want to ask the Lord to bless them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to celebrate them. And, you know, three years in a marriage, staying together, nice and tight, beautiful. God is good. Hallelujah. And the, uh, the meaning behind an anniversary is to remember and to count the years that Time has gone by that people have spent their time together, and what a beautiful marriage it really is, and a beautiful marriage that it has been from the beginning, and so their best friends and family will be celebrating them, and we just want to say again on this radio broadcast to Michael and Carmen, happy anniversary. God bless you. I know you're going to have a wonderful day today, and I know that the week ahead will be special as well. And so from Patricia and I and all of our friends at Omega Radio, New Wine, happy anniversary. God bless you both. And having talked about an anniversary and counting the days, if you will, um, today, for those of you that are interested, is the 39th day of the counting of the Omer, 39 days, which means there are 11 days left before Shavuot 
or as we know it, the Feast of Pentecost. And we're excited about that as well. We have expectation that there is going to be a great move of God. We, we do believe that um, not that we put or restrict God to a particular time that he has to do something, but we do remember that 2,000 years ago in this time of the year, it was a time after the crucifixion, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and his ascension, that the church was waiting for something and they were waiting to be empowered from on high and they were waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So with that being said, we're going to talk more about that. And I want to say good morning to Vanessa. Shalom, Pastor. Good morning to you. And uh, it looks like we have a really slow start here today. I want to make sure Omega Radio is on and run, up and running. And Blog Talk Radio should be up and running. If you could hear me on Blog Talk Radio, we'd love a little shout out, thumbs up. I want to make sure that's working for us. And again, remember, 11 days, a little expectation never hurts anything. Uh, looking forward to events that are happening. I mean, uh, whether it's a birthday, whether it's an anniversary, you know, days before they take place, sometimes weeks, uh, we start thinking about these things and there are somewhat of a motivation to us. It's a happy occasion. And uh, so praise God, we're in the 39th day of the counting of the Omer. Um, and having said that, uh, let's, let's make sure that we're definitely broadcasting here. I think we are on Blog Talk Radio. Um, having said that, and I want to do something real quick, because we're going to be going back into the book of Revelation, but I want to make sure. Uh, woke up to some really strange stuff today. You know what I mean by really strange stuff? I woke up and I saw a man who was at one time on our Wheaties box, our Wheaties cereal box, right? And his name was Bruce Jenner. Remember Bruce Jenner? He was a triathlete, triathlon. He was uh, just a great competitor, an athlete. And as you know, Bruce Jenner underwent a sex change operation. And Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner and is now running for the governor of the state of California. And so they showed an interview that Sean Hannity had with Caitlyn Jenner. And what is very disturbing about Bruce and more disturbing about the news media is that they are confirming the delusion in this man's mind. This man is under a strong delusion that he is a woman and he's gone through these operations and it's the most homely thing you've ever seen in your life. It is the most unattractive thing you've ever seen in your life that this man has warped himself into this. And yet this very warped and delusional man believes he has common sense and is going to run for the governorship of California because uh, Governor Newsom, you know, they want to get rid of him. So different people are running. But what a strange oddity that's going on in our world today, the understanding, the idea people are transvestites, transgender, trans everything, uh, abnormal, unnatural, are running for positions of power. And we see that throughout the world today, that people are very unnatural, um, you know, in their affections and very unnatural in their conduct and very unnatural um, in their lust and their desire. 
And yet these are the people that are running things around the world, people that really do not believe there will be day of accountability, people that do not believe there will be a day of judgment, people today that scoff and mock at the idea of the Bible and the God of the Bible and uh, the Son of God in the Bible and the Spirit of God and the power of the Word of God. They have discounted all of that. They basically use that as a show and they conduct themselves uh, much like I did, but they even beyond, you know, I used to think because I was a Catholic, I was going to heaven and I was a good person and the Pope had me covered. And yet that was a strong delusion. And I didn't realize it until I got born again, that I was on the wide road that was leading to destruction. And these people are on the wide road that leads to destruction. And they're very blinded to their true condition. And yet the blind lead the blind and they both fall into the ditch. And so the blind masses are being uh, led by the blind leaders and they're both going into the ditch. And for you and I who are awakened by the spirit of the Lord and the grace of God, we should be very much aware of what time it is. And we can look through a biblical lens. Praise God. We have something to look through a source that tells us what's going on in the world. And it really is a mad, mad, mad world. And it is a very unfortunate time for the history of the world that men and women are acting out. And it's almost like there's no restraint. Talk about the time of lawlessness. Talk about iniquity shall abound. Lawlessness is abounding. And the laws of nature, the laws of God, the laws of morality, uh, all the laws that bring stability are being removed and these false ideas and laws are coming into power, and we see a destabilization of society. And yet people are happy about the destabilization because they think the stability that we had in morality was boring and unacceptable to immoral people. And so the immoralist and the unnatural people of the world and people that hate God and don't want God and don't want to obey God, et cetera, et cetera, they want a new world order. They don't want the order of morality and naturalness. They want to call unnatural natural. And they want to call unnatural acceptable. They want to call immoral okay. Every man does what's right in his own eyes. Don't judge me. Thou shalt not judge. You know, there's no judging going on here. But the fact of the matter is that the human race, according to the word of God, is already judged. The sentence of condemnation, uh, and I want to read that to you real quick in Romans chapter 5, just in case you're a human being listening to this radio broadcast today, and you're not really sure of where you stand before God and what's going on. Let me just pick up in Romans chapter 5 in verse 12. It says, wherefore, as by one man, okay, this is just biblical reality. This is consistent. By one man, Adam, this is referring to Adam, sin entered into the world. So sin was not in the world until Adam opened the door in his disobedience and breaking God's law, which is sin. He disobeyed God, and that opened the door to sin. So wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So sin came in, and it brought death, and so death passed upon all men. That's why everybody's dying, okay? For that all have sinned. So wherever there's sin, there is death. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Now he's getting to the law of Moses here. 
When the law of Moses came, it was a revelation about the sinfulness that had already been there. But when there was no law, nobody really understood the sin issue. But now the law came, and it was God's holy law, and people saw their guilt, shame, and condemnation. Okay, verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. In other words, Adam sinned a terrible sin. The human race after him sinned, maybe not as terribly as he sinned, but because of sin entering in, sin infected the entire human race. You talk about a pandemic. You talk about something that affects humanity. Well, sin is the greatest pandemic. It's the greatest virus that the human race has ever known. The virus, the bacteria, the, the sickness, the pestilence of sin has wreaked havoc upon humanity because it has opened the door to death. But it gets a little bit more intense than that. It says in verse 15 of Romans chapter 5, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. So in this reality of human judgment and human uh, destruction, where sin and death are operating in, this, in the human uh, experience, there came a free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. You see, only through Jesus Christ can grace be afforded. All right? And it's through Jesus Christ that God has given this grace, and it has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, Adam, so is the gift. Listen. For the judgment was by one, Adam, to condemnation, but the free gift of many offenses unto justification. So when you come to Jesus Christ, you may find that you have a sin nature and there's many offenses, but the grace of God is at work to bring justification to your condition, which will ultimately produce a sanctification and a born-again experience of a new nature, which is what the true gospel is all about. But listen to this, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace. And that's the question you have to ask yourself. Have you as a human being received an abundance of God's grace? Okay, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So if you and I receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, what is a gift of righteousness? You and I will never be righteous in and of ourselves. Our righteousness is given to us, and it's not our own. It is the righteousness belonging to Jesus Christ because he's the only one that was ever right in this world after Adam sinned, and his rightness or righteousness before God has been bestowed upon those who believe in him so that our faith is not in what we have done or what we do our faith is in what christ has done we receive the gift along with the abundance of grace and that gift of righteousness and that gift of grace goes to work in our soul to bring forth a transformation and brings forth a beautiful born-again soul spirit with the hope and the promises of god almighty but here's the deal in verse 18, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men 
to condemnation. All right. Every human being that will ever be born into this earth is born under a judgment of condemnation. Condemnation is written in the DNA of every human being. I don't care what color the skin, what side of the tracks you grew up on, what your last name is, what royalty you seem to possess in this earthly realm. The bottom line is the entire human race has been infected by sin. And the infection produced death, and it produced judgment, and it produced condemnation. And in the subconscious of every human being is a ticking time clock. There's a deep knowing that there's going to be death. Now, they don't know what to do with it until they turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and understand what the Scripture says. But regardless of how, how rich one becomes, how successful, how admired in the world, the bottom line, there's a deep knowing in the heart of every man that you're going to meet with your faith if you don't deal with it right here and right now by confessing Jesus Christ, repenting, turning to God, being born again, receiving His Spirit, receiving an abundance of grace, receiving the gift of righteousness. If you don't do that, every human being knows their day of accountability is coming, the day where death is going to prey upon you. And the sentence is not only physical death, but it's the condemnation of everlasting separation from God. And this is a horrible thing, but there is an antidote. There is a vaccination for the pestilence of sin, and it is the blood, the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. And so every human being should hear the message of the gospel of the atoning blood of Jesus to make atonement for the sin that was producing death, judgment, and condemnation. And death, judgment, and condemnation could be eradicated from the human being by the blood of Jesus through the abundance of grace so that we being born again can move on with a justification and an acceptance in the work of Christ on the cross so that we no longer are condemned, we are no longer judged, we are no longer guilty and ashamed of anything we've ever done because our sins have been wiped out through the work of Christ on the cross. This is the simplicity of the good news of the gospel, and it's still the greatest message ever to be heard on this earth that you and I have been atoned for by God who gave a sacrifice to this world for all humanity. He did not give Buddha. He did not give Muhammad. He did not give Confucius. He did not make it every way leads to God. That is false. There's only one name under heaven by which men must be saved, the name of Jesus Christ. By one man, Adam, all fell into sin, judgment, condemnation, death, and by one man, Jesus Christ, there is a way back to God. Jesus is the narrow pathway back to God. Not every way. Well, the, the, the Asians have their Buddhists, and the Hindus have their, you know, their Eastern religion, and they have their stuff. And no, it doesn't work. New Age, metaphysics, philosophy, science of mind, all of that stuff does not accomplish what needs to be accomplished in humanity. There's only one antidote 
for the inevitable day of judgment and accountability and condemnation that is written in the DNA of every human being, that day is coming, but you and I can approach that day and help others approach that day, not fearing death any longer because the sentence of death, judgment, condemnation have been removed from us because we have allowed Jesus Christ who took it to receive it as well. So, you know, I just, I just marvel at the uh, absolutely amazing revelation of Scripture, and I rejoice in the reality of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So there is a pandemic in the human race. It's universal. It's in the soul of every human being, and the antidote is the blood, and you and I could be saved by grace through our faith in what Jesus Christ has done. And for those of us that have experienced that, man, it's been liberating. It's been so good. And we don't have down inside of us this uneasiness that we're going to meet with death. And you know what the world does. They're trying to drink babies' blood and get their, their, all their babies' tissues and get their stuff inside of them so they can live longer. You know, that's what these people, because they don't want to die. They don't want to meet with their fate. And yet born-again Christians who really love the Lord, they're like, take me, Lord. I don't have inside of me an uneasy feeling about dying. I'm not covering up with my imagination of false reality that I once had about I'm a good person going to heaven. No, when that is stripped away at the root beyond that blindness is a raw reality of the devastation that has happened. And without salvation, it's eternal. So, oh, God is good. That's all I know. And we're not afraid of death. I mean, it's absolutely amazing that we really have no fear of death. And what I love about not having the fear of death. I want to read another passage of scripture in uh, Timothy. In, I think it's, where are we at here? First Timothy chapter, it must be second Timothy. All right, so let's go second Timothy. And I believe we're in chapter, oh, doggone it. Where did you go? They always take it away. So the word of God says that there is a, and this is important, so just be patient with me, please. And I, I want to get this. All right, so it's worth it. It's worth it. All right, so, Mamma Mia. So the scripture says that Jesus Christ, okay, and I'm going to have to, till I find out where the heck I am here, that the, the Lord Jesus has absolutely, and he uses this word, abolished death. He has abolished death. Listen to what he did. As soon as I find this little guy, I don't know why I'm just not there, but all uh, right. So bummer. Bummer, bummer, bummer. All right, so we'll do it this way then. I apologize for the delay, but I want to be accurate with this. Abolished. Death. Second Timothy 1.10. How come I was right there and I couldn't see it? All right, Second Timothy 1.10, and I'll, I'll start in verse 8. Second Timothy 1.8, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony 
of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. This is Paul the Apostle speaking to his son Timothy in the faith, and he says, don't be ashamed of anything. Uh, Be a good partaker of the afflictions accompanied with the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Listen now to verse 10. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So Jesus Christ abolished death, according to Paul's writing to Timothy, and he brought what? Life and immortality. That's what you and I have, an abundant Zoe life and immortality that we are never going to die. Now, he brought that in after abolishing death. But what does it look like? Well, Hebrews chapter 2 kind of explains how it really looks. Hebrews chapter 2, and I'll pick it up in verse 14. This is very important. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, speaking of Jesus, likewise took part of the same, that through death, Jesus Christ's death on the cross, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So in Hebrews, the writer says that Jesus Christ, through his death, he destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And in the book of Revelation, behold, I'm alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and death. So the power, the keys represent the power. Jesus Christ took the power of hell and death away from the devil 2,000 years ago. Therefore, those who believe in Jesus have no longer any fear of death because those that had a fear of death were subject to bondage their whole lifetime. Oh, I'm going to die. I'm afraid of death. I'm going to lose everything. No, you're going to gain everything because life and immortality has been brought to light. You have eternal life because of your faith and acceptance of Jesus Christ. That's absolutely amazing. Absolutely pure amazing. What a beautiful gospel. What a beautiful salvation. What a beautiful work. So we live in this weird, sin, sick world. And unfortunately, when the world is so sick from their sin. And the great physician came into the world with an antidote, a prescription. Jesus Christ is known to be, in Scripture, the great physician. And as a physician, he has a prescription for the human condition, the sin condition. But when the world rejects the physician and they try to get healed in some other way, Their sickness doesn't go away, but in fact, 
their sickness increases into deeper and deeper depravity. And that's what we're witnessing in these end times, men dressing as women, sex change operations, homosexuality, women not even caring about the life in their womb, murdering it. It becomes an implacable society because sin, when it is altogether done, works death. And the Bible says in the last days to a humanity that has rejected the good news of the gospel that they will spin out of control and they will become a lawless society producing an unstable reality. And what are we finding in the day and hour that we live? Instability. It's becoming so depraved, so confused, so wicked, so evil, it's very difficult to find any kind of reality that is normal. We live in a different world. A year ago, the world was different. Ten years ago, ago, the world was different. But the different world we live in isn't getting better. The world we live in now is where men who have changed their bodies like Bruce Jenner, who they called Caitlyn Jenner, and unfortunately reinforced his delusion by calling him a woman and calling him her, okay? He wants to run for governor, and that is about the highest realm of the freak show that you're ever going to know. I mean, it has become a full-blown satanic freak show, and you can see the freak show in every homosexual gay pride March gay pride parade, you see the freak show on display. But the freak show is becoming more serious now, where the freaks are going into positions of power to rule over the minds of human beings. Are you kidding me? And you and I are growing up in an environment where the freak show of pedophiles like Joe Biden and wicked demonic witches and Jezebelian spirits in in government today are in control, and they are the ringleaders of the freak show, putting in all the freaks in positions of power. I hope you're not offended by me calling it a freak show, but if you've ever been to a freak show, you know, the bearded lady and all these crazy things, well, I think this freak show going on in the world today in our government and in politics and in our music industry and entertainment industry, even within our churches, where you have the rainbow color of LGBTQ at the front door of churches and lesbian women preaching the gospel. And I mean, to hear Bruce Jenner dressed up as a woman, very ugly woman, by the way, sorry, Bruce, it didn't work, calling himself Caitlin, that he has common sense to take over the governorship of California. My God, if there's one single person left in California, it's because they love the the, the freak show, and they're part of the freak show, and that's why everybody, many people are leaving California to get the heck out of there, and, and this is, you know, we, you know, we're not perfect, but at least we need some natural, normal, moral people, and that's why I praise God in Northwest Arkansas and the state of Arkansas, the state legislature is upholding a moral righteousness, and they're coming back to a sense of, hey, this is natural, this is unnatural. We're not going to promote what's unnatural. We're going to promote what's natural. And uh, as the legislator is promoting what is natural, the homosexual community, the LGBTQ thing that's going on out there, they're very angry at the legislators that are promoting righteousness and normality and naturalness and moralness. They're angry at them because it's so weird. It's so weird. You know, when I grew up, I knew when something was weird, it was weird. And everybody knew it was weird. Today, we call weird normal. I mean, that is insane. 
Get your tickets for the Freak Show, River of Fire Ministries. Hey, Pastor Dave and Victoria, by the way, I wanted to ask you, what are the exact dates? And I know we have them, and you told us, what are the exact dates of our coming up to South Dakota? And Pastor Dave, if you want to come on the line, all you have to do is give me a shout call, and I'll bring you to the broadcast if you want to get involved in this conversation. Same with Pastor Jeff Bass from Virginia. If you guys want to get involved, let me know, and we'll bring you right into the broadcast. So, um, let me let me just get back to this again. Um, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And the moral people, okay, the natural people that understand what's natural. It's natural for a man to be with a woman and a woman to be with a man. It's unnatural for a woman to be a woman and with a woman and a man to be with a man. It's unnatural. It's unnatural, okay, for all these weird things. It's unnatural. So when we come to uh, embrace the reality the truth of our unnatural sin against God and the condemnation, and we turn to Christ, all that could change, and that's what's beautiful. But when people step over the line like Bruce Jenner and they wreck their human bodies, remember, God said, you destroy this temple and I'll destroy you. And there is a destruction that's going to hit these people's lives. And without confession, without saying, stand up, say, my God, what have I done? I repent, Lord, what can I do? At least you can get your soul saved. <clears throat> but if, if, if it just goes on, and the Bible predicts it's not going to be a wave of repentance in the last days. It's going to be a wave of people falling away from the true faith. And that is what is disturbing about the times we're in. I know yesterday I wanted to uh, invite Dr. Jeffrey Goodman to get back into the book of Revelation. Uh, I was not able to connect with him. It was my fault. I got busy, and I never made the connection. Next week, I'll make sure that Dr. Jeffrey Goodman, the author of the book, Comments of God, will be on the air with us. So uh, we'll do that. Um, So I'm wanting to know exactly when the date is that Patricia and I are going to be going to South Dakota. And so uh, we want to be looking for that call or uh, the uh, call in number, by the way, 818-369-0326. And I'll put that up on the screen right now, just as a banner. Uh, let's get these calls going here. And you got to press one. So there's the number, 818-369-0326. Press one on the dial pad. And then I'll bring you directly into the conversation, okay? So how weird is it where you live? How weird is it where you live? Well, let me take this call. This is Brother Pastor Dave coming in from South Dakota, and he's finding it very strange as well. Good morning, Pastor David. How are you doing, sir? Hey, we're doing good. We're doing really, really good. Yourself? I'm doing good, too, man. I am doing good. Just woke up seeing uh, Caitlin or Bruce or whoever that was uh, being interviewed by Sean, and I thought, what a, what a strange, strange world we live in. And it wasn't this way a year ago. I mean, it was strange. It was weird. But, Pastor Dave, something in our world has shifted dramatically in in conduct, attitude, mindset. Something spiritual has happened to the world, and we're living in it right now, and it's getting weirder and weirder. Your thoughts? It happened about a year ago where um, during the um, Passover where there was something that was in the air one particular evening. I believe it was a Wednesday night. And yeah, remember talking about that. I remember my wife 
watching outside after I had her come out because it was just very eerie out there. Even Pastor Honeycutt picked up on it. And ever since then, it's changed. It has changed. And yeah. so um, and, and we're just seeing it rev up as, as it goes forth. It, I guess you could say, who let the dogs out? <laughs> but um, they're out. And, they are. And they're out, and it's just going to continue to go. But as far as your dates, Pastor, uh, we have you coming up for the 21st at 7 p.m. at Joshua's Coffee House, and then we have you on the 22nd of May, and that'll be two o'clock, and that'll be at Joshua's Coffee House, and then we have you if you're up for it, we're going to have you do the Sunday morning service at 10 a.m., and then you're going to be at a uh, Nightlife Church in Del Rapids um, at. Uh, I believe that's five o'clock on the twenty third too. Okay, so the twenty first through the twenty third, South Dakota. And what is the name of the town that that you live in? We're in Hartford, South Dakota. Hartford, that's right. Six miles west of Sioux Falls, right on the interstate. And Dow Rapids is north of Sioux Falls. About oh, it's it's about thirty minutes from here, maybe twenty five. Oh, Sioux Falls. Okay. And so we're in Hartford. And uh, Pastor Dave, would it be okay to invite people that are tuned into this radio station to come on up to um, Hartford, South Dakota for this conference? Yes. And we also have a blog of rooms set up for anybody that wants to come and stay at the American Inn Hotel right off the exit at Hartford, the second exit. So, um, uh, that way, you know, they got a place to stay and stuff like that. We're almost close to having the House of Hospitality opening up upstairs. Uh, we're almost done sheetrocking up there and um, just got to do a plumbing inspection because we added a master bath. And uh, uh, so, you know, just moving forward in those things and just walk, you know, just, just enjoying it. We, uh, we've seen some wonderful deliverances take place up here. And, and although it's getting ugly and it's going to continue to get ugly, the Christians need to remember we have the joy and the peace of God. Amen. But uh, I tell you what, isn't it something how all the people are dropping dead in India and uh, Peru, and yet we're going to see that here in America if they keep taking this vaccine and keep playing with this. Christians have to trust God. Today yeah, I'm hearing even, amen. I'm hearing even in Israel that the uh, one of the, the vaccinations, the Pfizer vaccination, is just messing with every system of the human body. And uh, this is coming out on a, on a real news lead here. Uh, gosh, I wish I had my, my phone with me, but uh, this news came out today. So these vaccinations are messing with the systems of the human body. I mean, this is really bad stuff. Um, yes, it's, a, it's, a, it, it, it's set genocide. I believe it's set genocide. And for those that take the shot, you know, we have, we've had a retired police chief come in here. We've had the health inspectors come in here that have taken the shot. And every one of them that taken the shot, they said, I don't know why I took the shot. I thought I shouldn't, and now I'm really regretting it. It's the Spirit of God talking to them not to take the shot. But we're getting the opportunity to pray for these people and take authority over that thing because that is our God-given right. And what, what the devil meant for destruction and for genocide, God can turn it around for a great awakening. We just had a gentleman... Um, here in the area down down just south of Sioux Falls in T, and he took the shot. Three days later, he died, leaving around. I believe he left behind five kids and a wow. wife, and he was young. Uh, it, you know, three days later after taking the shot. I mean, sometimes it affects people right away. Sometimes it may take a little bit longer, but 
this this thing is real. And, and I mean, we as the church, we need to wake up and get serious. We got to start believing God's word in his in the Bible, or or you know what? Just just go put your Bible away and go live the way of the world because you're not going to make it otherwise. I mean, this is a time for serious commit commitment to Christ and to step up and let's get let's get our lives holy. Let's live for God. Let's turn this world upside down, right side up as we can because people are so afraid. They are looking for genuine answers, and the Christians, you out there that are listening to Pastor Vincent, you are the ones that have the answers for your neighbors, and if you don't pray for them, and you ain't talking to them, and you ain't sharing the gospel. I don't care if they ridicule you. Preach that word. Share that word. You're the only hope they have. It's a great Thank exhortation. You, Pastor, Pastor Dave, you know, that is a great exhortation. And are we, are we clear on this issue with the vaccination? I mean, should we at this time be convinced enough that we would readily accept death without a vaccination than to receive a vaccination to try to save our lives and, and because we really do understand that that vaccination is going to affect us negatively some way. Have, should people be at that conclusion right now or should they still they be wondering be which way do I go? What are your no, thoughts? No, they, they, they need to be there. But the problem is, is they're listening to the thinking television. They're listening to every other voice and they're not listening to the voice of God. And this is the part that just breaks the heart of the Father because they won't listen and take them at his word. I am the Lord that heals you. I will protect you. I will be with you. No weapon formed against you will prosper, yet we don't believe it. See, you, you, everybody out there, are you listening to me? You say you love God. God's saying, I'm sick and tired of hearing you say you love me. Show me you love me. Start being a doer of my word. Start acting on my word. That's what God's saying to us right now. And every one of us have a decision to make, Pastor. And as you're talking, I hope they're making these decisions. I hope they're realizing, you know what, I have to get off this fence because the devil has the fence. He owns the fence. And, and so, you know, we're seeing wonderful things break forth out here. And, uh, uh, you know, God's got a, a, a rendement all over the place. There are pockets all over the place. And, and I remember the vision that George Washington had. The coast suffered significant damages, the both coasts. And as these clouds of darkness tried pushing in, the Midwest, the middle of the United States, rose up with all these pockets of fire. And then they joined as one, and they pushed it back. And, and you know, what else do we have? If we don't have Christ, we have nothing. And, you know, I'd rather believe Christ, just like when the nuclear bomb was dropped on um, with Hiroshima there. You know, you had believers that were praying in their houses that were right in target zero, and their houses were spared, and they were still alive, and they were not harmed. Now, you explain that. See, we have a God that loves you, precious people. And as Vincent is warning you, don't get caught up in all this stuff that they're promoting, but take a stand. Get involved. I mean, we see people in Sioux Falls, they're holding up signs saying, don't take the shot. It will kill you. Cool. Very cool. So they're convinced. Yeah. And our immune system. And, you know, the Bible does talk about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we destroy this temple, God will destroy us. And if there's an idea out there, a medical scientific fact that this vaccination could bring damage in, in, in restructuring DNA and genes and all that stuff, I mean, you're really playing some risky business. It just does seem like you're, you're marking yourself for death eternally. 
Pastor, I'd like to share this. So let's go back to the, to the blood transfusions. What if you're in an accident and they get to give you blood? Well, if somebody took the COVID shot, that's in their blood. You know what? It is time that we get to the point where we start believing God, where we are laying hands on one another, praying for one another. Somebody has a broken leg, broken arm, whatever it may be, cancers. We need to start dealing with this stuff and start seeing God move. And it's when we get hungry and start coveting the gifts of the Spirit and start coveting the moves of God with the fruit of the Spirit. Because, see, the gifts of the Spirit without the fruit are so dangerous. They're so dangerous. You know, but as we have that compassion and the love of the Lord, and as we reach out and minister and start practicing this before the mark of the beast is fully manifest, then we'll be able to walk with God through these other things. Amen. Amen. What an incredible exhortation. Pastor Dave, I appreciate it, man. And I know we're going to be seeing you in just a couple of weeks, really, just a few days now. And uh, we're looking forward to our journey up to South Dakota. It's a beautiful drive. It's a beautiful place to be. And um, we're looking forward to seeing you in Victoria and the congregation, the Ecclesia up there, and uh, all of the friends and family. God bless you. And thanks for joining me for just a few moments. We look forward to seeing you. You bet. Thank you. God bless. Shalom. God bless you. All right, Pastor David. In Victoria Obenauer, I want to invite you right now, listen, wherever you are, if you would like to spend a weekend in South Dakota, uh, we, there are rooms available at a hotel. They are literally blocked off for people that would like to come to this conference where we're going to gather together in Hartford, South Dakota, H-A-R-T. F-O-R-D. And so the invitation was just made, Hartford, South Dakota, from May 21st to May 23rd. That is going to be Pentecost Sunday, May 23rd, by the way. And so if you are living in any state within the United States or even listening abroad, you could get on an airplane, get rent a car, come on out. Um, It's a fun thing to do. We would love to meet you. Uh, There are some uh, families that are up there, hotel rooms that are there. You get to meet uh, Pastor Dave and Victoria. Uh, Their coffee shop, Joshua's House, great story behind that. And uh, coming to a uh, a set-apart place for the Holy Spirit to do his work in the body of Christ. And so Patricia and I will be up there again May 21st to the 23rd and fellowshipping with the body of Christ. And these days of preparation leading up to that are going to be incredible days. And so if you want more information, and again, this is a 10-hour drive from where we are. I don't know where you're living, but uh, you get in the car in the morning, you're there in the evening, uh, just bada bing, bada boom, and uh, there we are. Get a little hotel room. We all get to hang out, have breakfast together, go to the coffee shop, taste their bagels and their snacks and they're all good coffees and uh, just have an amazing time of conversation and talking about the things we're in. We are praying about the message that God wants us to bring. We know a little bit about what God wants right now, but more than the message to bring, we want to see God bring a manifestation of his presence during a weekend that we celebrate known as the feast of Shavuot or Pentecost. So again, May 21st to May 23rd, and we're going to be in Hartford, South Dakota, and there's a hotel there, American Inn, 
that rooms are blocked off. It's a very small town, very quaint, pretty close to Sioux Falls, about six miles out there, and um, that's where we're going to be. So put it on your calendar, and if you just want to quietly come on in and quietly go on out, if you want to bring a caravan of friends and you want to just meet together, eh, the more the merrier, hungry saints producing an environment and an atmosphere of worship and praise and excitement about the days we're living in. And so we're going to look forward to that weekend. Um, And again, you are cordially invited to come on out. The number to call right now, if you have any questions or comments or something you'd like to share on today's broadcast, the number we are at is 818-369-0326. You could write that down, 818-369-0326. And, of course, you press 1 on your dial pad. We're getting from Joyce Young. We just spent three blessed days with Pastor David and Victoria. Highly recommend you make your way there if you can. Praise God. And uh, just let them know it's with River of Fire Ministries. All right, so River of Fire Ministries in Hartford, South Dakota. We're going to have a big party. And let's say you're in Florida. Get in your car earlier. Get over there. Get ready for the journey. If you're in California, if you're on the East Coast, the Midwest, South Dakota, go a little bit north where the soil is really, really good. All right? And the saints are pretty awesome there in the soil. Now they're very awesome. And the soil of their hearts is hundredfold. I believe that's very true. And so let's put that on the calendar. I think it's a great moment. Today is what, May 6th? Is that all it is? Is May 6th? Is that really the truth? I guess it is. So May 6th, be just May 6th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I guess it's May 6th. So May 6th today, and so we've got, what, uh, 15 days, that's two weeks, to prepare for a weekend journey. And then come on back Monday or whatever, take a day off Monday from your job and let the boss know that there's more important things going on. And um, bring some friends with you. We'd love to see you up there. So we're going to be there, and we'll look forward to meeting everybody. All right, so again, if you would like to call into the broadcast, anything you'd like to share on this Thursday morning, the number to call is 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad. Uh, Vanessa KM is saying, Christians don't sell our salvation to evils. It's our body belongs to God, not to be used for experiments or uh, chimpanzee monkeys that die. Christian lives and life. Stop preaching vaccination. Preach the cross. Don't turn back against God. Amen. Don't preach vaccinations. Preach the cross because therein is the antidote to the human condition in a, in a factual scientific reality about Christ's blood that could only be employed now by our faith. But that actual blood that Jesus shed 2,000 years ago, that atoning, redeeming Saving blood has DNA code in it to eradicate every and all 39 categories of sin and sickness known to man. All the categories of uh, sickness and disease are, are categorized in 39 categories, according to human or medical reality. So Jesus Christ took 39 stripes on his back 
And that was for every category of sickness and disease. And I'm telling you the truth, whether we can receive it or not, is another thing. According to the word of God, the DNA code in the blood of Yeshua, when you employ that by faith, that blood, that code, that DNA has the ability to eradicate all sickness and disease. Now, that is what man is copying or seeking to copy. And I want to remind you something. I want to remind you, and by the way, just in case Michael and Carmen didn't hear my earlier today, I want to wish them very happy anniversary once again. Uh, precious couple, we love them very much with all of our hearts, and we wish them a blessed anniversary today. And uh, we'll, we're going to look forward to celebrating them. But Michael actually had sent me a video of, uh, I think it was called End of the World Z or something like that. I forget the name of it. And uh, it was a movie about the uh, Brad Pitt was in it and some pandemic broke out in the world. This was in 2013 it came out. And it was all about the human population going mad. Okay. And then the movie I Am Legend, it begins with an interview. And there's a television interview, and this one woman is interviewing another woman, and the one woman is a doctor, and she's being asked about her cure for cancer, that they had, I think, 10,009 people that were receiving a vaccination, that, and all 10,009 people were cured of cancer. But then the movie goes into three years later, where the island of Manhattan, New York, is a kill zone. And the zombies are there because the people that received the vaccination to be cured from cancer, the vaccination worked something else in them where they became zombified. And The Walking Dead, again, showing a pandemic, a pestilence that hit the nations. And the whole Walking Dead series was about people becoming zombified. Was Hollywood prophesying the future because Christian leaders refused to do so? acknowledging where this world is going and what it's heading into. Our job is to prepare and equip the saints of God to stand in the evil day. Our job is to bring deliverance and prophecy for direction and wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit to get people prepared to stand and to go through what is coming on the earth. That's always been our ministry. It has never changed. We didn't change with the seasonal changes of man's you know, whimsical transformations. We just stayed the course and did what God told us to do. Prepare the saints, prophesy the truth, show them what's coming down the pike, and let people acknowledge the reality of Scripture. And we're getting closer and closer and closer to the end. Bible prophecy is being fulfilled all over the world. And the most important thing is your eternal soul being intact with the Holy Spirit of God. The most important thing in your life right now is that your spirit, soul, and body are in alignment with God, that you are fully apprehended, you are filled with all the fullness of God, you are being led by the Holy Spirit, you're growing up, you're learning to hear His voice. And allow his voice to direct you and guide you, his word to direct you and guide you, to become strong, get a spiritual immunity, an immune system that's rooted in the faith of the cross, 
And knowing that you have the JCON vaccination, you're fully vaccinated with the Jesus Christ of Nazareth vaccination. You have the golden certificate of the PS91, which is a digital code, Psalm 91. So you have to know these things in your faith, in your heart, and in your mind. I expect uh, eradication. I expect um, people to start acting a little bit erratic in the days ahead. Some of the people that we thought were very stable are going to become destabilized because the friction is going to get intense. The friction of the pressure, the flipsis, the tribulation, that pressure is going to get thicker and thicker. And we truly need to make sure that we are, that this is genuine. And our walk with God must be genuine. Our heartbeat has to be genuine. Our cares, concerns about the things of the world have to be eliminated. And we need to be kingdom-minded. And we need to be doing the things that Christ has called us to not only do, but to be what he's called us to be. Um, Again, waiting for your call. Oh, yeah, the movie was called World Z. World Z. Now, I have never seen it fully. I saw the trailers. And I recalled a little bit about that World Z. But again, World Z, I Am Legend, The Walking Dead. There were movies called Pandemic. I mean, in the last 10 to 15 years, Hollywood was just pulling, pushing out. Uh, There was a movie with one of the actors, I forget his name, Dustin Hoffman, I think. Uh, There was a pandemic movie with him where a virus hit, bacteria hit. But what was weird is that in these final years that there were the predictions that these pestilences and then the vaccinations administered were actually causing a greater damage to the human being. It wasn't that they weren't getting healed. It's that these vaccinations or these injections were creating internal transformations of an ungodly sort and people were becoming zombified. And that's what is going on right now. Uh, and, And yet, as people are saying that they're taking this vaccination or this injection. Uh, I, I told you about my friend who his corporation works with Moderna and they put their vaccination together and he was boasting that it wasn't a vaccination, but it is an injection that has code in it, digital code in what they're injecting that has an intelligence to go and fight coronavirus, right? The problem the other movies were showing us while it takes care of one issue, it's creating biological issues in every system. And that was what was going on in Israel today. The, the scientists and the medical field in Israel saying that this Pfizer vaccination is affecting negatively every system of the human body. Because again, it's not just a vaccination, it's an injection. So we're, we've heard that. But it's just weird how Hollywood foretold this through their movies and through their industry, because God will use any, anybody, anything available to him to get reality out there, the truth. I think it's true. And it's very, very biblical where it's going. And today we were going to get into Revelation chapter 12, and we could actually do that. There's no calls coming in, so we're just going to continue on here. Um, thank you, Dave, for that heads up as well. Whew, you ready? Revelation 12. You want to do it or do you want to have conversation? We could talk. Maybe you want to talk about something. 
just call the number uh, 818-369-0326. Press one on your dial pad. Be nice to hear from some of you out there. All right. So with that being said, let's go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. You know what? Revelation chapter 12. We'll start in verse 1. Let me get it up on my screen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pass the ammunition. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. There appeared a great wonder in heaven. Now, I want you to get the backdrop of everything we've been talking about for the last week as we've been studying the book of Revelation as an end-time prophecy, and it, we know five times it's called a prophecy. It has a divine order to it. It is not a jigsaw puzzle of a thousand different pieces or a million. But you have to figure out it just is an unfolding, consistent prophecy of one event after the other, divine order to it. Uh, we've talked about how it affects the whole world. It is not Israeli-centric or Middle Eastern-centric. It affects all creation, every tribe, every tongue. You're in this revelation. You are in this book somewhere. If, in fact, we are the final generation, while Israel became a nation for 1,900 years, they were not a nation, so this prophecy could not have been fulfilled according to the biblical pattern of all prophecy while Israel is a nation. Okay, so we're the generation, 73 years old today. Israel is right now in the realm of their 74th birthday, coming up right here in month of May. Cinco de Mayo was yesterday, and I think we're very close. I think it's May 11th or 13th, I forget the date, when Israel will turn 74. A generation is 70 years, and if by power, 80. So here is the generation coming into 74 years. Very interesting. And so we're looking at this end-time prophecy. We realized the first five chapters were all introductory And chapter one was who the prophecy was from and who it was to. And there was a lot of detail we did not get into. We're going to save that for later. And then chapters two and three were the letters to the seven churches representing the entirety of the ecclesia globally around the world. Seven is a perfect number. The message to the seven churches back then in Asia Minor have meaning to every one of us today personally and corporately in our churches. There are letters to be encouraged, exhorted, and, you know, to, to repent and to move on and change things and, and all this. And then we noted in chapter 4 how John is taken into heaven, and he is now getting uh, his apprehension. He's being apprehended by God, and every true prophet of God that's ever prophesied the purposes of God have always encountered God. This is John's encounter. In chapter 5, there's a book with, with seals on it. That's the book going back to Daniel chapter 12, seal up the events until the time of the end. And then we realize in chapter 6, when the first seal opens, the word seal at the root means to understand. So there's an understanding that's going to dawn upon the people. Seven seals is perfect understanding is coming along with the events that are connected to these seals. We have discovered that since 9-11-2001, particularly since Israel is a nation, five seals have opened absolutely. The only seal that we haven't seen any evidence of was the sixth seal. We believe we're standing on the precipice of that sixth seal opening and that that is the shaking of the heavens and the earth. We talked about that. Then we got into that sixth seal shaking, the time of judgment that would hit the earth. Chapter 7 was a pause 
in the pangs, waiting for the four winds and the sealing of the saints of God who sigh and cry for the abominations that are committed in the land. So if you are one of those who sigh and cry for the abominations in America or wherever nation you live in, you're probably going to be sealed and marked in, in your forehead as an overcomer because you're an obedient son and daughter of God. You are the Revelation chapter 14 tells us who they are that are sealed. It's not because of their external Jewishness. It's because they are Jew inwardly who follow God perfectly and sincerely with their whole hearts. Okay, so we've, got, we've gotten into that. And then chapter 8 the four winds through the first four trumpets, because you can't have a sound out of a trumpet without blowing air through it. So the first, the four winds of Revelation 7 are the first four trumpet blasts, and they are all about the heavens being shaken. Meteorites, comets, asteroids, uh, we see this very clearly. And then we got into the next two woes of the fifth and sixth trumpet blasts. And today we're, we're moving forward, but you could get a theme of how the written word is going to actually be played out and how the world is rocking and rolling and reeling like a drunken man. I mean, men's hearts failing them for fear of what they see coming upon the earth, the sun, moon, and stars, distress upon nations, everything Jesus said. We're going to actually be living in the context of it. And as we said yesterday, half the population of the world will be gone by the time we reach into these particular chapters. So you can imagine a world shaken by comets and meteorites and asteroids and the sun, moon, and stars being affected. And then on Earth, of course, the wars and the pandemics and all the things going on horizontally. But the Bible tells us there is going to be upheaval. I will not only shake the earth, but the heavens too. So God shaking the heavens is releasing out of the Oort belt. And those angels that have keys to open things up for God's judgment is hitting the earth. This is intense. Okay. And it's not make believe it's real. This is real data that is coming out of the word of God. You need to be prepared for it. And don't let your heart melt when you see that first comet shake the earth. And remember, Dr. Jeffrey Goodman wrote his book, The Comets of God, 500 pages, how the earthquakes and the tsunamis going all the way back to the flood of Noah were created by cometary impact. Okay, so when a comet, a massive comet strikes the earth, the dust goes up, bacteria is released, the earth shakes, the earthquake fault zones are shaken, tsunamis are coming out, and he's saying that these are 100-mile-high tsunami waves. That's probably the reality of the flood because of cometary impact, how Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed by comets, by asteroids, meteorites, okay, fire from heaven. And, and so there's, there's a reality to this. Our generation is stepping into this because these are very near at the door events following the biblical pattern of the Bible prophecy in the book of Revelation. And so now we get into a time, this is very interesting, everything has been shaking, shaking, shaking. Israel is building their temple, Revelation 11, in the midst of all of this, and a temple will arise, okay? The two witnesses will prophesy for three and a half years, but now we come to Revelation chapter 12, okay? Now, all of the events that have been taking place have been what we would call the beginning of sorrows, a woman in travail, and now we come to Revelation chapter 12, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, 
a woman clothed with the sun. Now, what does the word wonder mean? A great wonder is a Samion, and it goes back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, when the sun, moon, and stars were created for signs and seasons. The word signs there um, means omens, and this word, the Samion, has the real same meaning. The wonder is a sign, so there's a sign in heaven, a great sign. There's a mark, there's a token. It is an indication, a supernatural indication. So when we go back to the scripture, there appeared, after all these events that have been going on, a great sign in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. There's different interpretations to this. Some people believe the 12 stars are going back to the book of Genesis, representing the 12 sons of Jacob. And the sun and the moon are Jacob and his wife, the mother and the father, and the 12 children. Okay, But unfortunately, there were actually three wives of Jacob. Yeah, or was it four? Four wives, I believe. Yeah, four wives, two handmaidens and two sisters that produced 12 sons. So the interpretation gets a little faulty. Um, this is actually a celestial sign. And most of you know, on September 23rd, 2017, this particular sign appeared over Jerusalem. It was seen with the natural eye over Jerusalem for one evening. This was the Revelation 12 sign. The son or the woman was Virgo. Okay. And the virgin is what it stands for. And she was clothed with the sun, which means that constellation of Virgo, the sun was blasting through her. And then it says that the moon was under her feet. And in that constellation on September 23rd, 2017, the moon was positioned exactly at her feet, under her feet. So you had the constellation Virgo. The moon was under her feet. The sun was blasting through her. She was clothed with the sun. And then it says that her head had a crown of 12 stars. We know that the, uh, the constellation Leo was there, and there are nine stars in Leo. But on that particular day, there were three planets that joined the constellation Leo, representing the 12 stars. And that was, um, it was Pluto, it was Jupiter, uh, not Jupiter, it was Pluto, and um, Saturn, there's, there were three other planets that joined Leo. Da, 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 da. Let me tell you exactly who they were. Get to my old Bible where all my notes are about that issue. And here's what it says. Those stars were absolutely, positively, beyond the shadow of a doubt, they were Mercury, Mars, and Venus. So Mercury, Mars, and Venus joined the constellation Leo, forming the 12 stars on that day, September 23rd, 2017. And then it says in verse 2, And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Well, the child here, on September 23rd, there was the planet Jupiter. And Jupiter was bursting through and out of the matrix of Virgo. 
Jupiter was being birthed, literally. Then another sign appeared, and it says in verse 3, so you have this constellation that actually exists, and at the right time it forms. And what I found interesting is that God said that the sun, moon, and stars were for signs and seasons. So in other words, the heavenly calendar of God, when there are certain things that were seen in the heavens, the people on earth should take note and say, ah, there's a sign of something that's coming. And we saw the sign in 2017. And we don't know how long between the seeing of the sign and the actual event occurring. Okay, but this is how God's calendar. We see things, they're marked out, and how much time between seeing them and their manifestation is in the hand of God. But we also know there appeared another wonder in heaven, in verse 3. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads, and his tail. And this was the constellation Draco. Okay, we heard about that. His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. He did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, to devour her child as soon as it was born. What is this story in the heavenly sign? Well, it's a reiteration of the birth of Jesus Christ. I believe, if you could, if you could follow me with this, everything that led up to Revelation chapter 12, all the commentary impact, all the events that shake the earth and the heavens, the turmoil, the prayers, the woe, the loss of life, Four billion people gone at this point. There's like this moment where John suddenly sees a constellation. And it's a reminder of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's a woman in travail giving birth to a man-child. There's a dragon standing at the womb. We know in the days of Moses... The Egyptians stood at the womb of the Jewish women, the Hebrew women, to devour their children, their men, men child, male child, two years and younger. They wanted to kill them at the womb. And because they didn't, then they went out throughout the land and killed all the young males, two years and younger. Well, in the days of Jesus Christ, Herod, being threatened by the birthing of the Messiah because they saw it in the celestial pattern of things, there was a star in Bethlehem. They understood all this stuff. He, being threatened, also demanded that all male babies two years and younger are to be killed. So this is the dragon standing at the womb of the woman. Happened in the Old Testament, happened in the New Testament. And most likely, there is consideration that it's going to happen at the end of the age, and that's what all this abortion is really all about. There's, there's a dragon idea that somehow if we stop people from being born into the earth, that something's not going to come. But I got news that what they're really afraid of is what's coming out of you. And the reality is, is that Christ in you, the hope of glory, is what the devil is terrified about. And in his understanding, if he could just kill people, babies, get them dead, don't allow them to come, they're going to stop something from being birthed. And most likely the spiritual warfare that is coming against your life is because the dragon is standing at your womb, the womb of your heart, so that he could prevent that Christ in you hope of glory from manifesting forth. He wants to destroy it before it happens. But in context, all this is in Revelation 12 so far is the gospel story. It's the gospel. 
And it's like everybody after the turmoil is looking up and they're seeing these signs and going, oh, yeah, Jesus, Jesus, a dragon. Okay. Now, verse 5 goes on to say, and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. That is an exact description of Jesus Christ. But we also know that there are overcomers who are going to rule the nations with a rod of iron as well. In Revelation 2.26, we're told, he who overcomes shall have power over the nations and shall rule them with a rod of iron, even as I overcame and, and, and sit with my father, et cetera, et cetera. So the overcomers. So some people have interpreted this to be a man-child ministry, a plural man-child company that will be birthed into the earth in the last days, even during this time of turmoil around the world, that Christ, through the ecclesia, is birthing. Now, Jerusalem above is the mother of us all, and we have to understand the spiritual implications of that in Galatians 4, but the Jerusalem above is free and is the mother of us all. So all of us who are born again have a mother, the new Jerusalem, which is above, it's spiritual, and there's a spiritual birthing of spiritual sons and daughters who are overcomers, who are going to take the reign and the rule and the power, and so that's all in this sign as well. Now, it says that this child was caught up unto God and to his throne, and it's very clear that Jesus Christ, he was caught up to the throne of God. He's seated at the right hand of God, but it's also true that we are seated with him in heavenly places, according to the word of God, and we have access to the throne of heaven, and so uh, the overcomers are in view in this idea here, and then verse 6 the woman fled into the wilderness. Now, that's interesting, where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there 1,203 score days. That 1,260 days is the exact time of the great tribulation, three and a half years. And we'll see that as we go. That number shows up in a lot of places. So there's three and a half years in the beginning of sorrows, perhaps, and three and a half years of the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. But where's the woman going? She's going into the wilderness. What does that actually mean? Where she's got a place prepared of God. Isn't that what it says? Where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there during the great tribulation. So the woman here, who is that? It's the ecclesia. It's the church. Is it Israel? Is it Mary? You know, all these interpretations again. Well, it's the one that's birthing. And I'm asking you, are you giving birth to a man-child, Christ, in you, the hope of glory, spiritually speaking, out of the womb of your heart? I do believe people are going to go into the wilderness and kind of what we're reading here. Shift, all right, shift, Revelation 12, 7. There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels. So the woman has gone into the wilderness. The sign is clear. Persecution, standing at the womb. There's now a war in heaven between the angels and the dragon and his angels. And it says, and prevailed not. In other words, the dragon did not prevail in this war. This angelic battle, this spiritual battle, 
He prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. So the devil, we believe, as we understand this, the best we know how, is that the devil that wars against you and the devil that wars against me and all of his demon spirits, the angels, they're in this invisible realm. I've never met him face to face, maybe had and didn't know it, but there's a realm called the second heaven that all this angelic activity is going on. It's in another dimension. It's in another sphere. It's a very real dimension of angels. And here we have the angels of God battling it out with the dragon and his angels. But there's no place found for the devil any longer in that invisible realm. And so what happens in verse 9? And the great dragon was cast out of heaven, the second heaven, the invisible realm. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and the angels were cast out with him. So at this point of the prophecy, we're being foretold that the devil is coming onto the earth. And that's going to tie in beautifully to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and a lot of other Bible prophecy. Now, in verse 10... The devil and his angels are cast onto the earth. It says, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now, where was he cast down out of? Out of the second heaven, onto and into the earth. So the devil's here. And that's why we read there's salvation is coming. This thing's getting closer and closer. It's winding up. The time of Christ ruling the nations of the earth is at the door. Verse 11, and it says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Who did? And by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Who's overcoming? When the devil is cast down unto this earth and the great tribulation begins, we will, and as you'll see in Revelation 13, overcome. The overcomers in the last days will overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, because they love not their lives unto the death. They won't receive the mark of the beast. Verse 12 goes on to say, Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. He has a space of time, three and a half years, and he knows it. Everything that's happening in the world right now is leading up to that moment where there's going to be a war. Satan and his angels are going to be cast out of their invisible realm. He's coming onto this earth, known as the Antichrist. The little horn, the beast, right? Apollyon, the destroyer. So what is known here is when he comes to the planet, he's full of wrath. And we're going to see how he, how he displays his wrath and who he displays his wrath against. Okay? So when the dragon, verse 13 saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child. 
And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time, a year, and times, two more years, that's three years, and half a time, that's three and a half years, from the face of the serpent. So the woman is going to be preserved by being taken into the wilderness where she has the three and a half years being taken care of. And then verse 15, and the serpent on the earth cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that it might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And that flood is probably out of the words of the dragon, uh, propaganda, narrative, words of blasphemy. I mean, a news media, you know, all that's going on in this world, you got to put it into focus and context. And then it says, the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. So he wants to kill this woman, this ecclesia, this Jerusalem above, this mother of all spiritual beings, right? Maybe you, you're giving birth to a man-child out of the womb of your heart. It's true. Put it together. There's war, but there's people going into the wilderness. Someone's going to be preserved during this time. But look at verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Who is the dragon angry at? The woman. Who is he going to make war with? The remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So the dragon's wrath is going to be employed against those who are on the earth who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ who will overcome the dragon by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. You're going to see that again in Revelation 13. The saints of God that are not in the wilderness, that are on the earth, that are going to go into the great tribulation, which is not the judgment of God, it is the wrath of the dragon aligned against the woman and her seed who keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Will that be us? Will you or I be in the wilderness preserved with the seal of the Father? Are we part of the 144,000? Are we the woman? Oh, you know, either one, the 144,000 are sealed. They're not going to be touched by the great tribulation. That's clear. The woman's not going to be touched by the great tribulation. So who is? The untold multitude of Revelation chapter 7 are going into the great tribulation, but they're going to wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. That's what Revelation 7 is all about. But they're the untold multitude of every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Many Jewish people that believe in Yeshua are going into the great tribulation. But they will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Where do you fit into this? Where do I fit into this? Do you know? We're, you know, we have all these arguments. Well, is the woman Israel or is it Mary? Or is it the church today or the new Jerusalem? You need to ask yourself a question. Where do I fit into this? 
Because if I'm going into the great tribulation and I'm not preserved in the wilderness and I'm not marked with the seal of the 144,000 and they start forcing a mark of the beast on me that I can't buy or sell, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to try to save my life by obeying the new world order government? Because that's how Satan's going to make war. You'll see it in Revelation 13. We'll get into it tomorrow. That's how he's going to make war, through a governmental power, a beast government. And the whole world that's left, the survivors, are going to be worshiping this dragon. And they're going to be obeying his governmental rules. And how are you going to live if you're not sealed with the 144,000 or in the wilderness with the woman? Most likely, you're going to be martyred. You're going to lay your life down. If you're not like the Church of Philadelphia, who will be kept from the hour of temptation that shall come upon the whole world, you're going to be faced with death. And will you at that time have encouraged yourself to be able to lay your life down and follow the Lamb wherever He goes, or are you going to try to save your life and perish? These are big questions. And this is what's coming. This is the prophecy. And nobody's going to stop it. Not America. The nations are but a drop in the bucket to God. Believe me. The nations are in trouble right now. And I know that there are people that are trying to resist and preserve and, and hold back. And you can't. When this prophecy is released... It's going to go forth. And you have to be ready. And how are you living your life right now? Are you carrying your cross? Am I? Are you and I putting ourselves to death? The deeds of our flesh? Are we operating out of fear, worry, concern? Do we speak the narrative, but internally, intrinsically, we're undone? We're not stable? We're not focused? We're not in alignment? We're not obedient? We're coddling secret sin. We're worried. We're afraid. We're offended. We're not forgiving. We're not loving. Is that where, well, listen, if that's the condition, that's not healthy. Would you agree? I just heard Mrs. Xavier say it's time to go. So I've got to go. We'll get back into Revelation tomorrow and we'll, we'll tie some things up. And it's been an honor to be with you. And again, Michael and Carmen, happy anniversary. We love you so much. and can't wait to celebrate your day. We've got some things to do today. We love you, saints of God. I pray this has been a blessing to you. Don't forget, if you ever want to support this ministry, you can certainly do it by just going to one of our websites, Omega Radio, new NWM Global. Find a way you want to support. We would love to receive your blessing. And we would love God to bless you for blessing us as well. Until we meet again, shalom. If you have any questions or comments, make sure you let me know. Remember, Hartford, South Dakota, May 21st to the 23rd. I hope you get there. Okay, take a road trip. You'll love it. Goodbye, everybody. Shalom, shalom, shalom. See you tomorrow.